Hello, this is episode seven of the Fizbo Smarts podcast. Roll them. Hello, this is Steve Klein with the Fizbo Smarts podcast, bringing you the best tips, tools, and techniques for selling your home digitally and online and helping you sell your home yourself for sale by owner helping you save thousands of dollars in the process on your next home sale and helping you become more FISBO smart. And in this episode, we're continuing our journey of sharing our FISBO journey for my childhood home sale, my sale by owner home of my mom's house, actually, and sharing with you the big wins and lessons learned along the way. And I have a story about a video, a drone, and a beehive later on in this episode, so stick around. Now, some of these are live and some of these are previously recorded. It's just to give you an idea and share with you our personal journey so that you know that you're not alone in your FISBO experience and your FISBO smarts journey as well. So some of the things that happen, as you may remember last time, the last time we had this episode was we were going to put our house back on the market, which we did. And we have got quite a few calls already. So we'll just see what happens with that. We've showed it a few times. I think we've done about two to three showings per week now. So that's been about six, maybe even seven showings. It seems I've kind of lost count now. Uh, But there was one family that was really interested in it that I hope gets it. Uh, They were a fairly large family who she had, I think it was about six kids, their husband and wife and six kids. And it looked really promising. They might really end up getting the house, which I would really be happy. She wanted to use our kitchen or my mom's kitchen rather as her new kitchen, and they wanted to blow out the wall from the kitchen to the utility room. Now, I don't think I've ever really described the house that much to you, but it's there's an older part of the house, and it includes the kitchen, the dining room, and the living room. The living room used to have a bedroom in it before my mom and dad expanded the house, so it was just a one-bedroom at first, and now it's like a three-bedroom over the years. But The utility room is about a foot lower than the kitchen because it was also added on. So it didn't have that extra utility room. And so if they blew out that wall, they'd have to do something with the floor. So I don't know how they would do that. I know that people are really into remodeling. So I I, I can guess the concept. And again, this is is, uh, another tip for you when you're selling your house. It really doesn't matter what they do with it afterwards. I know it like some of these things are kind of near and dear to you. They're near and dear to me. But I, you have to almost take it with a kind of a light approach, like you're letting go, like take it with a grain of salt, as the saying goes. Don't worry too much about what's going to happen to it in the future. Know that it's going to go to someone else's benefit. And it's going to benefit you monetarily. You're going to get the rewards in the money that you're saving from all the real estate commissions that you're not going to have to pay. But also you're going to save in the, in the sense that you're going to, you're going to reap the rewards from the benefits that not only is it going to give you, but it's going to give to the new owner. And so that's what you have to think about. Now, for me, obviously it's going to be a little bit more than that because this is the money that my mom is going to have to live on for the rest of her life. So it's really, it's not just a home anymore, which is, it's, it's always been a great home growing up and for my mom for all these years, but now it becomes even more special, more significant. And so not just whoever gets the house, it's going to be significant for them, but it's also going to be significant in what we do with the funds afterwards. So anyway, um, you kind of get the idea. 
So with this family, they have a lot of these different ideas. And I just thought it was kind of neat having them walk through the house. And they were very happy to see it. I don't know where they live right now. Uh, but one of the things they had to do was check with their bank. So we're, we're letting them do that right now. There was another couple that came by and they also were interested in it. I think they were going to get back with us next week. So we have these lists. And what I always recommend you do as well is make a list or get a binder. I have a binder that's specific to my FISBO smart booklet, which is really just a three ring binder. And I'm just keeping notes on who called me, who called me or who left a voicemail and also their name and then their number, their phone number, and then uh, what times they said they could meet with me. And I'm trying to get all the showings on only Tuesdays and Thursdays right now. And that way I can manage it so that, and this would work good for you too. So if you work a day job, like most of us do, you have to manage it around that day job. So the best thing you can do, and by the way, tip here, realtors have to do this as well, because if a real estate agent was selling your home, they have to manage their time around people's work schedules as well. So you're no different in that sense. So what I did was I'm scheduling it at, I believe it's four to six. So I get off work a little bit early those days on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And sometimes we've done Saturdays because people just can't make the weekdays. But this way you can do it right before dinner. And so that's really a good thing too. Just do whatever time works best for you. And now I'm also keeping all of my voicemails and I don't answer the the phone uh, the same way. So here's my trick. I got a cell phone and I had an older cell phone. And when I got my new cell phone, I kept the old cell phone and put my mom's number on it. Since my mom doesn't live there anymore, I just transferred her phone number to this older phone. And guess what? No one now that is going to be calling on this house is going to call my personal cell phone number. And this is great because in the future, you may not want those people to keep calling you or bugging you and saying, hey, did that house sell? Did that house sell? Well, now you don't need to worry about it because if you have another phone number, then they can call that number and not yours. So that's another uh, tip that that I learned. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna accumulate those voicemails, and then when they call or when they leave their message, I'm gonna call them back, get get back to them, and make an appointment. And I'm also gonna probably just keep these voicemails just to share some of them with you that uh, real estate agents have, are calling already. And it's kind of interesting. It's kind of a learning experience as well as is what tactics they will use and what what list that you're going to be put on. Because believe it or not, there's lists out there that real estate agents use and people will actually call you, have no idea about your home. And just because you've been on this list of a for sale by owner, you're on this list that they'll call. Anyway, we'll talk about that probably in the next episode. So another thing I wanted to share with you about is the video that I created. Now, I did a little bit of a video earlier, but this one I wanted to make extra special, sort of like a person was taking a tour through my house. Now you might have seen realtors, real estate agents do this where they walk a person through a video tour of the of the home they're selling. Well, that's what I did, but with my own home. And the really cool thing is I could share with them experiences, things about the house that say a realtor may not either want to share one or two thinks it think it's insignificant. But see, I think it's really significant in sharing certain key aspects of your house. Now, just as I was talking about before, where you want to take all the personal memorabilia, personal belongings, personal photos off the walls, you want to do the same with the video. You don't want to really necessarily go and 
talk about all your memories in the house because then they can't visualize themselves there. But if you drop little hints along the way, you can share your personal views of the house, the things that you value about it, and then also interject how it could be theirs. And so throughout this video, I went through the house and I did have to do some editing. I'll just say that. I, I, my wife was like, well, wait a minute, you're sharing the, your personal views by the fireplace and they may not even care about that. So I realized, yeah, I had to re, re, reshoot that video because I was, I was going off a little bit too long on, on, on some of my childhood memories. But what I did was I interjected certain things like, oh, and this bedroom used to extend here. And, and since they remodeled in 1970s and in the 1980s, you're actually getting a, a more modern home. And so I would explain how even though the house was built, at, say, in a certain era, you know, like in the 1960s, when it was added on in the 80s and 90s, it made it more of a modern house. Like this section of the home is more modern. And that's a really big point because a lot of people just look at the like the Zillow ad or the Zillow listing or the for sale by owner listing and they will say, oh, okay, that's an older home. I don't want anything to do with that. However, if you have a video that shows them a contrary or a, a counterpoint to that that idea, they're going to say, oh, well, it's not that old. Look, look at this house. And it, it gets them more excited and gets them more, more excitement around it. And they can visualize themselves there. That's That's the other important thing. And so as I was walking through the house, I was I was just sharing things and sharing how the, the two bedrooms in the back could either one could be a master bedroom. Because again, if I, if I picked a master, master bedroom, they could say, oh, well, I don't picture that as my master bedroom. But if I said, oh, these, these two bedrooms can be considered a master bedroom, well, then they could go, oh, wow, okay, both of those are big. And yeah, that, and then they'll visualize themselves which one they want to pick as their master bedroom. So that's another tip for you as you're sharing your, if you do decide to do a video for your for sale by owner, sharing your personal experience, but also vision it through their eyes. And I, I'd always reiterate in the video, I said, well, and this, this has been a great house and, and it can be your house too. Uh, and when I went into the backyard, I also shared the fact that there was a pool there, a swimming pool, now that doesn't exist, but back back in the day it did. And I, I kind of suggested, I said, well, now there was a swimming pool back here. You can also have one too, if you like, if you like swimming. And I would just kind of give them that little seed, you know, plant the seed. And if it, if they like swimming, then great. If they don't, then, you know, it, it, they move on. But it's those kinds of things you have to think about when you're doing a video. So then the next thing I did, and this is a little bit of a bonus, was I did some drone footage. <laughs> yeah. I purchased a drone earlier in the year because I've always wanted one and I, wa I knew I was going to go on the vacation to Colorado. And so I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful to take it on the trip? And so I was showing my cousins and my relatives and I did some drone footage of their house and showed it from above. And I thought, well, wait a minute, I'm selling my house. Why don't I just do a, a drone footage of mine? Real estate agents are doing drone footages like you would not believe. And they pay good money for this too. They pay commercially licensed drone pilots who are paid to do this to get footage for them, or some of them on staff might have got their pilot's license. Yes, you have to have a pilot's license now to, to fly some of these drones by law if you're going to do it for money. But here's the thing. If you own it for your own personal recreational use, then you can take a video of anything. You don't have to pay anybody. You can do it yourself. And so I thought, hey, 
I can do this myself and it's my property. There's no laws that says you can't fly a drone over your own house, your own property. And really, you only need a certain amount of footage. And after I did it, I realized, you know, I could have probably got a selfie stick with an extra long pole and just moved my camera up. But that's all I did. So what I did was I got my drone and I positioned it in one side of the driveway. So I, I think it was like the left side. And I, I flew it up gently and rose above almost to where you could see a tree limb. And then on the other side, I, you know, I brought the drone down. Then I took it on the other side of the house. So you'd, let's see, it'd be the right side. So if you're facing the house, it would be on the right, kind of a right angle. And I took that one all the way up and showed the roof. Now, the key thing here is the roof is practically brand new. And so I wanted to showcase that the roof, the, the, the newness of the roof, the roof looks really cool. And they use the shakes, the cedar, not the cedar shakes, but the, uh, what do you call it? The composite roof shingles. And they're different colors of gray. So there's like some that are darker gray and a light gray. And it just looked really cool on the video footage. So I was thinking that was going to be pretty, pretty sweet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to incorporate that video, that drone footage. And I'm going to either probably pay someone to edit it for me. Or maybe if I have some time, I'll edit it. Uh, I've looked at it. There's some places you can go online to do it, like Upwork or someplace like that. And pay them, I don't know, 25 to 100 bucks. And you could have this video put together for you. And what it'll do is I'm going to have it uh, where it's going to show the video, the video is going to start with the drone, and I'm going to have some music, and then it'll come with me showing the house. And then I'm trying to make it very short. Like, I, at first, the video is like 20 minutes long, I don't want to want it to be 20 minutes. So I might have them edit it down to say 10, seven, seven to 10 minutes should be plenty of time. And that gives people a feel that they're there with you going through the house. So that's really cool. And in the other, here's the other great thing. It will weed out anyone that's not interested in that house. And you want that, right? I mean, you don't want people to show up if, if you're trying to showcase something and when they come, they're disappointed or let down. This way they look at it and they go, yeah, I'm not interested. So right away, it pre-qualifies people if they see your video and then they say, oh, okay, that's something I really want. So what's about this beehive story, you may ask? So here, so here's, here's what the story was. So I was flying my drone, just trying to get the sense of it. And I thought, hey, what if I flew my drone in the backyard? We had a half acre backyard growing up. And I thought when I was a kid, how cool it was when I got one of those flying helicopters or, or something like a, a rocket, a pressurized rocket that you would pump up. I don't know if you guys ever had those when you were a kid, but you'd pump it up with water and air, and then you would push the release button and the rocket would shoot up to the air for like 100 feet. I thought that was so cool when I was a kid. And I thought, wow, I've got a drone now. I'm an adult, but I have this drone. And I thought, I got like a little kid, you know, and I thought, well, why don't I take it up to the tree? We have a Douglas fir tree. And I always wondered how tall it was. Well, on the drone, when you fly a drone, it will show you how many feet you are up, you know, how high you are. And so I got the drone and I, I got it out and I got in our backyard and I, I, I got it on our cement patio and I took off. Well, I couldn't take off right straight up because there was tr tree branches in the way. So I, I got it out into the middle of the grass area and then I rose it up very slowly all the way up to the top. And it was really cool, I mean, to see 
the Douglas fir tree that I grew up knowing and how tall it was. I think it was like 200 feet, something like that. And I should have marked that down now that I'm telling you the story. But see that that image or that that desire to know how tall it was and get that footage kind of all started to go away with what, what happened next. Because as I was backing up, I started seeing this, what I thought was like a mist, like a, like, like, like a cloud. And I thought, well, this is really strange. Why am I seeing this, this cloud on my video footage? This, this is it's supposed to be a 4K drone picture. So I'm like, okay, well, this is really odd. So I started backing up a little bit more and it seemed like it got with the cloud was getting thicker. And so then I turned the drone footage around and I saw a tree and this looked like a mist or a kind of a cloud was coming out of this tree. And what I realized as I got closer, I started flying closer to it. There was a beehive in that tree. And it looked like a nest at first and I couldn't quite make it out. But as I was getting closer, I realized the the fog or this haze around the drone was actually bees swarming the drone. See, I think the the drone makes a buzzing sound like a, with the helicopter blades that's on it. And it must have thought that this was some sort of huge predator or something that was attacking their beehive. And so I remember from a kid as like if, if, if someone's getting attacked by bees because they accidentally broke a beehive, they were supposed to run as fast as they can out of that area because the bees would actually attack and swarm and that many stings could actually kill you. I mean, I don't know if it could kill you, but it could, it, it could get serious. You could get seriously injured from that many bee stings. Now, obviously, this is a mechanical drone, but the same thing would apply, right? If, if there's an attacker going towards the, the beehive, then the, the, the best thing would be to get the attacker away from it as fast as you can. So Knowing that this drone, it's a DJI, kind of drone do I have now? It's a DJI Air. And so what I did was I knew this one was particularly fast and it should go like 35 to 40 miles an hour. But when I tried to drop it, it wouldn't go that fast. And so what I did was I thought, okay, it's not going fast. These things are going around it. I don't know if that could injure it, you know, hurt the 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 blades or whatever. And so I went, because it was starting to uh, flutter too. That's the thing. The drone was starting to move and I haven't seen it do that before. It's kind of fluctuating. And so I thought the bees were either hitting the propeller blades or what. I didn't know what was going on. So I just I just jetted the, the drone forward at a at a really fast pitch. And it took a little bit of a, a dive. Like a, it, it went down a little bit, but I took it at an angle. And then I could see less and less of them. But then as I looked up, I could literally see the swarm of bees around the drone. I could see them chasing the drone as I went fast and they were quick. And so then I quickly flipped the drone, turned it 360 and then kept going again. And then I turned it 180, went back the other way and the, and the bees followed it. And so then I slowly was, uh, well, I shouldn't say slowly, I was quickly within the next few turns, guiding it down at a probably a 30 degree angle. And so by this time, it looked like they were starting to disperse a little bit, like the bees were, I guess, getting tired of chasing my drone. And it's kind of funny because then I got it towards the ground more and they were definitely starting to move away. And I I was flying it towards myself. And then I could see there were still maybe like 20 or 30 bees just lingering, but then they were kind of going away. And as I was bringing it closer to myself, because I saw this in the camera later on, they were still there. Like some of them, there was like five or six of them left. And I'm like, okay, should I, should I be running or should I, I was like, okay, I'm still here. And these bees could be like 
see me as a predator and they, they could see me as the enemy and start attacking. But luckily, by the time I got the drone down, uh, it was all it was all good. And, and I, I was able to land it. And then the bees went back to their home. But it was just it was just the most incredible thing. I've never seen anything like it. And I haven't been a drone pilot for very long, but it was just still it was kind of a it was a fun experience. And when I got the drone back, it had remnants of little bees that the propeller blades had like either cut or, I mean, it sounds kind of sad, but it's like I had to clean off the propeller blades and a few things like that. But anyway, so the, the moral of the story is if you see a swarm or a haze around your drone as you're flying it, it's a good chance that it might be a beehive. You probably should land as soon as possible. So anyway, so that's my drone footage bee attack story when I was doing a virtual home tour video of my home. Well, that's about it for this episode. Um, next episode, I'm going to talk more about the contract. I did find a template, and I'll, uh, I'll explain all that in the next episode, along with uh, meeting with my escrow officer, which I'm going to be doing here next week. I should have done that sooner. I did call them, but I want to also meet with them in person and go over some some questions I had and anything like that. Any questions and answers that I find, I'm going to relate to you right here in this podcast. I'll also be sharing with you some of the calls that I've been getting from real estate agents and just what I've been doing with the real estate agents that call me, what kind of lists I'm keeping, and more importantly, what kind of offers are they now offering me now that I'm doing it for sale by owner. So be sure to stay tuned for that. So until the next time we meet, This is Steve Klein reminding you that yes, you too can sell your own home quickly and affordably online, saving you thousands of dollars doing a for sale by owner, the Fizbo Smart way. And we will see you in the next episode.